Hello, and welcome to The Strawberry Picks, a movie review podcast. I am your host, well, The Strawberry, otherwise known as Andrew Stansberry, but also otherwise known as Strawberry. So, you're probably wondering, a movie review podcast, hasn't this been done before? Well, yes, of course it has, and I'm only really doing this just to fulfill a part of a little credit from my college that I'm doing. Also, I kind of like movies. It is my major. I'm going to be in the film industry at some point, so I'd really like to be able to do this. Uh, So, with that being said, here's what's going to happen over the next, well over the next few months. I have decided to, uh, to, the first thing that I'm going to review is the original Disney classic movies. Uh, and you'd be surprised on what a Disney classic movie is defined as, uh, because when I looked it up, it gave me this list of uh, over a hundred different movies. And I thought, no, th- there's, that that's way too much. There's no way that I can do that. Uh, and then it also included stuff like movies from Pixar, uh, movies like uh, The Nightmare Before Christmas, James and the Giant Peach, the Goofy movie, stuff like that. Uh, stuff that I wasn't really interested in reviewing, specifically because I want to review like the animated classics like uh, Dumbo, Bambi, Cinderella, all of the princess movies, uh, Fox and the Hound. Um, Uh, the Fantasia movies, Uh, yes, there was two of them. Uh, And I'm just going to be, every episode, I'm going to be reviewing one of these uh, movies, including the one that I'm going to be reviewing today, which is Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. Now, uh... Before I actually get into the actual review, let me just list off the kind of uh, the movies that I will be reviewing over the course of the next few months. This is a long list, so uh, just be be prepared. Uh, there are 50 movies in total. I do not know if I'll be able to get to all of them within the time of this semester, so I might be continuing this into next semester and maybe even into the summer if I have the opportunity. Um, And so the list goes like this. Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, Pinocchio, Fantasia, Dumbo, Bambi, Cinderella, Alice in Wonderland, Peter Pan, Lady and the Tramp, Sleeping Beauty, 101 Dalmatians, The Sword in the Stone, The Jungle Book, The Aristocrats, Robin Hood, The Rescuers, The Fox and the Hound, The Black Cauldron, The Great Mouse Detective, Oliver and Company, The Little Mermaid, The Rescuers Down Under, Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, The Lion King, Pocahontas, The Hunchback of Notre Dame, Hercules, Mulan, Tarzan, Fantasia 2000, The Emperor's New Groove, Atlantis, The Lost Empire, Lilo and Stitch, Treasure Planet, Brother Bear, Home on the Range, uh, Chicken Little, Meet the Robinsons, Bolt, Princess and the Frog, Tangled, Winnie the Pooh, Brave, Wreck-It Ralph, Frozen, Big Hero 6, Zootopia, and finally, the most recent movie from Disney, Moana. Uh, Now, as I look through this list, there were two that kind of uh, stood out to me being uh, Winnie the Pooh, and I actually accidentally put uh, The Incredibles on there, uh, which is a great movie. Uh, it's one of my favorites from Pixar, but it's not a movie that I will be doing. Um, and uh, Winnie the Pooh, it is more of a child's one, but I think I'm still going to be reviewing it. So uh, instead of the 50 original that I was going to do, I am just lowering that down to 
249. Although by the time that I get to 49, there might be another one that has come out since that time, and that will be my 50th. Uh, and that'll be kind of like a woo 50. So those are the movies that I'm going to be reviewing over the course of, uh, well, months and months to come. Uh, So I hope that you will buckle down with me as we take on these old and new and current but somewhat still old movies. Uh, Everything in between, we're going to be going through them in chronological order, starting with the famous first one that I talked about earlier, Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. Now, I had just seen this movie recently, and my familiarity on the movie is that uh, it's it's very low. I remember seeing it maybe once as a child, but outside of that, I don't really remember it that well. Uh, and it shows when I watched this movie, there was a lot of things that I didn't quite remember. Um, and when you think of Snow White, uh, you think of, well, Snow White and the Queen, and uh, Snow White going into the forest, uh, meeting the seven dwarves, uh, the seven dwarves being Doc, uh, sleepy, bashful, happy, grumpy, dopey, and sneezy. Oh, I got it. Um, and then getting tricked by the queen who turns herself into an old witch, gives her the apple or the poison apple. She takes a bite out of it, uh, dies presumably, and then uh, the prince comes along, kisses her, uh, and then brings her back to life, and they live happily ever after. Uh, That's the story that we all know. That's the story that we're all accustomed to. Uh, But there are always kind of just a few things that you forget when you're a child that... uh, are in movies like this, especially since this is based off of uh, one of the classic stories. Uh, there are a few Disney movies that are based off of like old fairy tales and stuff, uh, mostly the princess movies, but also movies like uh, Peter Pan, Alice in Wonderland, although that would be a princess movie. Um, Aladdin, not another princess movie, uh, but you get the point. Uh, a lot of these are based off of old fairy tales. Uh, Snow White being, well, the first one. Uh, and the first thing that I found interesting about this movie is that it is really just a spectacle to watch. Not in the sense that, like, oh, it looks so beautiful, the songs are so great. Like, it, it's not the greatest film ever made, uh, but considering, like, in the time that it was made and the uh, circumstances that it was in at the time, it is really an amazing film. Uh, uh, For context, this movie was made in 1937. From this day, that is, what, 80 years ago. Um, Like, if you were alive back then, you would definitely, you would either be dead or in a senior citizen home by then. That's how old this movie is. And and it kind of shows. One thing that I found interesting, though, about this release is that uh, it's considered the first animated feature film um, made, of course, by Disney. Uh, But that's not entirely true. Uh, A couple years back, I don't remember the year exactly, there was this movie called El Apostle, or The Apostle in Spanish. Uh, And it had 
there, uh, it was actually created before uh, Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, but uh, it, due to a fire in the company or something, the only known copy of that animated film uh, was destroyed. Uh, and there was a documentary made on it in the late 2000s, I think. Um, but it, it's very interesting because, uh, the, you know, the big old Disney that we all know and love wasn't really the first people to come up with this idea, although they were one of the first. Um, and when I say first animated feature film, I don't mean that uh, it was the first animated thing or animated cartoon ever. Uh, I just mean that it was the first one to be released into theaters and had the length of a film. Because back in that that day, uh, you, all of the films that were re- released were either silent or uh, live action types of things. Um, and so what's interesting about uh, uh, that time is that there were other cartoons that were made. Uh, one of the first ones um, that was a very successful animated cartoon was called Gertie the Dinosaur, and it was made in 1914 uh, by a guy named Windsor McKay. Um, and uh, it was considered one of the first uh, examples of uh, true what's called character animation, um, which, of course, you know, it's in the name. It's animating a character. Uh, and one of the first animated cartoons, of course, at the time were black and white uh, and mostly silent or all silent unless they were accompanied by a symphony. Um, and the, some of the first ones that were notable were like Felix the Cat and Oswald the Lucky Rabbit. Yes, the one that came before Mickey Mouse. Um which, of course, was made more apparent by the release of Epic Mickey uh, for the Wii and other, uh, and other things that happened uh, throughout the company. They kind of uh, caught on to Oswald a little more, brought him back, uh, kind of in this, uh, well, yeah, they, they brought him back. Uh, so it's always interesting to kind of look through history, especially at the things you enjoy, and kind of learn like, okay, how did they come about learning this? Um, and what uh, one thing that's also interesting about Snow White is that it's the first uh, animated feature film in color. Uh, now, I don't know of any other... Uh, films that were in color before this time, but of course there had to be. Um, I was just not able to find the first uh, cartoon that was made in color, but this was the first animated feature film that was also made in color, ironically. Um, So now to talk about the actual movie, uh, the first thing that you'll notice is like they they open up with the book, which is a very classic trope. Um, And that's something that's shown throughout the movie. It has a lot of uh, tropes and cliches. Uh, But the thing about it is that because it's one of the first films, you can't really call it cliche because it's the one that was there before the cliches were made. Uh, So stuff like Prince Charming and... uh, uh, true love's kiss and all of that uh, that all that stuff was made from uh, Snow White and the Seven Dwarves uh, one of these tropes um, is kind of uh, 
one of these tropes is how the uh, the ideal ma- male and female uh, is uh, kind of ascribed to be or uh, what they should be. Uh, the man, uh, in one of the songs, uh, they say that he needs to be big and tall and strong and handsome looking and stuff like that. Uh, and then the woman, although not specifically stated on what they should be, uh, the character of Snow White kind of reflects this. And uh, the actual character of Snow White is surprisingly uh, innocent and sometimes to the point where she's idiotic. Um, for instance, I mean, the whole, the scene where she eats the poison apple, uh, she's washing dishes, doing her own thing. And then all of a sudden, this old lady just appears in front of the window, which, by the way, is actually a really cool shot. Uh, it seems like the whole light kind of darkens around her because of her black cloak. Um, and she's like, oh, who are you? Uh, I am the old witch, and I uh, I have apples. or I, I can't remember exactly what it was, but... Um, uh, Snow White is making pies, and then uh, the witch says, or the queen says, uh, you know what makes the best pies? Apples. Apples make the best pies. You should try one. Um, and then later on, uh, even when Snow White is clearly going to eat the apple anyway, uh, the witch says, let me reveal a secret. Uh, This apple isn't no ordinary apple. It's a magic apple that will grant you a wish. And I'm just sitting here going like, okay, she was already going to eat the apple. Why did you have to go and say that it would give her a wish? Like, that would make anybody suspicious at the time. Um, But... Hey, I mean, it's fine. But it's also not the only time when uh, Snow White kind of shows her idiocy. Um, When she's first uh, cast into the forest, uh, she's, like, scared of everything. Oh, scary stuff. So the the tree branches are actually arms that are trying to catch me. Uh, And then she falls onto the ground and starts crying. And then, of course, all the woodland animals come around her and are like, oh, are are you okay? They they don't actually talk, uh, although they might as well, uh, considering on how they act like humans. Um, And they go up near to her and, like, sniff at her and what's what's this? Um, And then Snow White starts talking to the animals as if they're people. Um, And I I mean, I can kind of understand this, like, uh, especially for around that time, that was... That was when uh, animals and uh, the, uh, like Oswald the Lucky Rabbit was personified, uh, was a personified rabbit rather. Uh, so it, it can kind of make sense even in the time of like, this is one of the first ones they're trying something new. Um, I just found it kind of funny that uh, she started talking to them almost exactly as if they were human. She's like, oh, but I cannot sleep in in the ground or in a tree or a nest. It would be too, there would be no nest big for me, big enough for me. Uh, would you take me to somewhere where I could sleep? And of course, all of the animals around there knew about this cottage that just happened to be there. Uh, and... <laughs> and, th- and this was another funny moment. Uh, Snow White goes up to uh, the door and she 
and, and basically she goes up and is like, well, I guess no one's home. <laughs> like, it, it, the timing was just, it was two seconds. Like, when you go up to somebody's house and knock, you need to wait there for at least, like, 10 seconds or something. And I, I can kind of understand for, the, like, the length of the movie and whatnot. And you need to keep things going to entertain the children and stuff. Um, but it's just kind of funny that she went up and just knocked, like, twice and then immediately said, oh, nobody's home. And, and then even then, when she said that nobody was home... She opened the door and went inside and said, is anybody home? Like, you already determined that nobody was home, and you're still asking, is anybody home? I, I don't know. I just find it funny. Um... Now, I, I'm, I'm kind of hitting on this movie being like, oh, well, there's so many things that are of the times that are uh, terrible and not great. But uh, legitimately, uh, th these are all in good fun because I do actually enjoy this movie. Um, it, it's, it's not that it is a bad movie. It's just that because of the olden times and uh, this was one of – I mean it was the first feature film. Uh, there are a lot of things that are kind of off, uh, especially when you compare them to things of uh, the modern day um, uh, and one of the and, and going going back a bit um, there I mentioned that there were a lot of things about the movie that I forgot uh, because I had only seen this as like a small child one of those things was the huntsman now if, if you don't know the actual story of Snow White uh, not like the actual book fairy tale but if you don't know the plot of the movie Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs uh, you should know, or uh, uh, part of the plot is that uh, you know the the queen tries is trying to be the fairest of them all, uh, so she says. And uh, then it when, at one point uh, the princess, which is her stepdaughter, uh, starts to get more and more beautiful. So to counter that, the queen actually disguises Snow White. Uh, well, not disguises, but she makes her wear rags uh, to make sure that she is well that she doesn't look beautiful. Uh, but when you see her for the first time, uh, the camera specifically focuses more on her face or her beautiful features, so to speak. Not like in a close-up, but like it's in the center of the frame. And you can tell immediately, like, you don't even notice the clothes at first. I, I didn't even notice the clothes until after she ran away from the well when she met the prince for the first time, which by the way, it was also kind of funny. Uh, she's singing this song, and then the prince comes up right behind her and finishes the song for her, and then she just runs away back into the castle, like, who are you? Who are you? Um, and then the prince starts singing, and she comes back out. Now, eventually, uh, the queen finds out through her magic mirror uh, that it turns out that Snow White is now the fairest of them all and not her. Whether this be through old age or whatever, this this is the case. Uh, so what she does is that she calls up a huntsman uh, to tell her, uh, or to tell him, hey, bring Snow White into the forest and kill her, and to make sure that you do it, put her heart into this small chest that I have and bring it back to me. Uh, 
And then we have the scene where uh, Snow White and the Huntsmen are out and about, out and about, and Snow White is interacting with the animals uh, for what we see as the first time. And she finds this little bird, and is like, "Oh, wh- you're lost. Where's your mama and papa?" Which I found kind of interesting the wording there, uh, because she's supposed to be like a princess in like uh, medieval times. I don't know if you would call them mama and papa. I I, I think. I'm wanting to say you would want to call them mother and father, Um, but that's just a small, uh, trivial thing. Um, But of course, then the huntsman, after seeing her kindness, uh, can't do it. Like he he can't kill the princess and he tells the princess to run away uh, because the queen wants to kill her. Uh, and to run away and that's when all the scary uh, stuff in the woods and then finding the cottage happens Um, and what's interesting is that uh, she goes into this this cottage and says oh this place is owned by seven little children oh wait they don't have a mother so it's just the seven little children well uh, I couldn't clean up their house for them and then she goes on uh, this cleaning spree um, cleaning up everything dusting washing and whatnot and eventually she gets so tired uh, that she goes up to the beds and falls asleep and then we cut to the dwarves now this is one of the biggest problems that I have with the movie is that it assumes that you already know the story or that you've already seen the movie, which is kind of funny. Because right after she falls asleep, we cut directly to uh, the song, like the song that the dwarves sing when they're in a mine. In a mine, in a mine, where million diamonds shine. Um, the digging song or whatever. Uh, we cut directly to that. There's no introduction to these characters. It goes straight into the musical number, which I found to be kind of strange uh, because especially in, well, o- almost every movie beyond this point, whenever you're introduced to a character, you either have them have a little bit of dialogue first or you get introduced them into a way that kind of makes sense. You don't get introduced th- to them in a way that makes you assume that you should already know these characters like Snow White and the Seven Dwarves have done. Now, eventually you do get to know their names because uh, the Seven Dwarves meet Snow White and they interact and uh, have a really fun time. And that and that's all good and well. Uh, so uh, the dwarves finally just come back home and they see that the place has been cleaned up. So they're like, what or who has done this? We, we must find out. And they start searching around, and then the birds, the clever clever little animals that they are, I guess, start pecking at the wood to replicate either footsteps or something going on upstairs, which freaks out the dwarves, so they head upstairs and go check on it, to which they find Snow White. And after a humorous interaction, the uh, the eight of them at that point, I guess, are the two sides, uh, greet each other and introduce each other. Um, and 
Uh, one thing real quick. I do actually enjoy the dwarves. Uh, both their designs and their personalities and stuff. Like, there, there's actually a bit of personality to each of them. Um, for instance, Doc is the leader of the group, but he also stutters and gets his words messed up. Uh, for instance, he'll say something like, um, we must go down and... Uh, ch- uh, somebody must go down there and chase her back up here and then say, oh, wait, 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 no, no, no. You, you, we, we must go up there and then chase her back down here or chase the monster or that they thought back down here. Uh, and then we've got Grumpy, which uh, eventually does turn into one of my favorite characters because I think he has the most depth um, out of all of the dwarves. And uh, you you can say otherwise, that's fine, but I, I truly do think that uh, Grumpy has the most depth out of all of the dwarves just because, like, you first see him as, like, this, oh, women, um, and just this gruff look on his face at all the time, and you hard, you never see him smile ever in the movie until he actually kind of appreciates Snow White near the end, uh, right before Snow White, quote-unquote, dies. Um, to at, at which point you realize that he does actually care about her, but doesn't want to show it because he still wants to. He, he's very prideful of his manhood or dwarfhood, I guess. Uh, I don't know. Um, and yeah, he's a very interesting character. Um, and of course, you've got Happy, which is another one of my favorites, and Dopey, which of course is the comedic humor, has a lot of slapstick, and it it is actually pretty humorous at times. So I do I do enjoy that. Um, so after uh, the the dwarves and Snow White get to know each other, uh, she goes back downstairs, mind you, in the middle of the night. This is another thing that I find very curious about the movie. After Snow White is done cleaning up uh, all of the mess that the dwarves have made, it is about uh, 9 o'clock-ish, I'd assume, but it's dark, Um, which whether you're in the summer or winter, it's about 7 to 9 o'clock around that time when it starts to get dark. So let's assume that uh, it's at 8 o'clock then. Now, the dwarves come home a little bit later uh, to find, you know, the monster. But, oh, it's actually a girl. And then they go back downstairs, talk for a bit, and then uh, Snow White says, Oh, uh, by the way, I made you guys soup or something along those lines. And uh, the dwarves are like, Soup? Oh, we must eat. Yeah, go to the table. Oh, I'll fight you for this potato. No, no, I want that potato. No, I want that piece of bread. And Dopey gets knocked off the table. And Snow White's like, Whoa, hold on. Just wait. Supper's not ready yet. Go and wash your hands. And apparently the rest of your body, for that matter, because... It it was another funny thing. Um, Snow White tells them to wash and then checks their hands to see if they're clean or not. But then as they clean, they wash not only their hands, but their face, their entire head, which is like half of their body at this point. Um, And I, I just found that interesting. Uh, and so the dwarves go out and uh, do this little ditty and uh, wash their hands and face uh, and come back inside and eventually eat. Uh, 
at the, at the, at the, now, okay. Excuse me. I do. I do want to talk about something real quick. Uh, throughout the movie, uh, of course, you know that this movie is a musical. There are a lot of musical numbers, and throughout the entire movie, there's a lot. Uh, there's basically music going on all the time. There are very few scenes that are just talking. Um, but what's interesting is uh, anytime that there is just dialogue very more often than not the dialogue is so well uh, picked and performed that it sounds like poetry and a lot of times it is actually poetry because you'll notice that a lot of lines rhyme with each other and this is something that I really enjoyed as I noticed throughout the movie because it, it's it's something that no other movie that I know of has done since then. Uh, it, it, it Using poetry in your dialogue makes the movie just uh, – it adds another layer of appreciation of the amount of time that went in to perfecting this script and uh, this movie in general. Um, so yeah, that that I really found that quite interesting. Uh, now there's now as we move on, we finally cut to uh, the the queen's castle uh, as she stares into the mirror and says, "Magic mirror on the wall, who's the fairest of them all?" Uh, and by the way, it is magic mirror on the wall. It's not mirror mirror. Uh, fun fact. And then the magic mirror says, oh, it's not you still. It's still Snow White. And the queen says, what? No, Snow White is dead. Uh, but the, the magic mirror says, no, she's still alive in, uh, oh, gosh, what was it? Uh, beyond the seventh fall on the seventh mountain with the seven dwarves. Um, it, like, there was a lot of sevens with it. And that kind of adds to uh, the poetry factor of all of this. Um and she's like, oh, I, I must go find her and trick her and kill her myself. And so she goes into her dungeon area where she cobbles up this potion. Uh, and a little detail that I found interesting is that she takes a book that's uh, like poisons or something. Um, and beside that book is a book called Black Magic, uh, along with uh, black arts or... Uh, uh, other magical things that would be considered taboo and stuff like that at the time. Um, which is kind of a callback to something that Grumpy said uh, talking about the witch. She's He says, oh, she's a... That, that, that queen is a witch. Uh, she knows black magic. And, um, and it was just interesting to find that connection. Uh, so the witch then cobbles up this potion um, using a series of, like, uh, the scream of night to make my hair white. Um, uh, and a lot of, again, more rhyming schemes to create this potion. Um, again, adding to the poetry factor, which, it, again, is shown throughout the entire movie. And it is really interesting and it's definitely worth the watch for that fact alone uh, and then after she uh, uh, drinks this potion she turns into an old lady and then goes to find Snow White and which immediately we cut back to uh, Snow White and the seven dwarves still awake wait no they're not they, they've gone to no they're still awake at this point um, so 
they are still awake. It's probably around 10 o'clock at night. Uh, Snow White has gotten maybe an hour of sleep or something. Uh, and you hear this music of do da 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 I don't really. But yeah, the, you you hear that song, which is played a lot when you think of Snow White, uh, outside of Hi Ho, Hi Ho, and uh, Someday My Prince Will Come, uh, which are obviously some of the most famous, uh, but along with this one. And this scene, when I first saw it, I was like, oh, it's this song. I remember it, it and I hate it. I don't like it. But then I actually started to watch it, and I was like, oh, th- this, is, this is good. Um, it was actually very cool to watch because the music itself was timed with the animation uh, so quite well. Even when you see Grumpy like uh, playing the piano or whatnot, you can tell that the animators put thought into which keys he should hit, uh, as well as which uh, pipes should open when he hits that key. And it's just a really nice touch to see that, uh, you know, these animations actually had thought put into them, whereas uh, more recent animations from today don't really do that. Uh, The only example that I can think of is maybe uh, a show called Steven Universe, which has the main character be able to play guitar, and you actually see his fingers move to the correct positions when he's playing guitar, uh, as well as his father, who has the same ability. So it's just a nice touch. And the song itself, although kind of starts off as this upbeat, almost uh, yodel-like music, uh, it it turns into more of a folk dance number uh, that that also kind of... uh, it also has like drums and uh, flutes, clarinets, and uh, 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 guitar. Or I can't remember exactly what it's called, but it's a it's a guitar-like instrument that you strum. Um, but it, it it sounds more uh, twangy. Uh, and you see all these instruments being played, and it's a, it's a really good time, really fun time uh, with all the dwarves. They're all dancing around. Um, and as the dwarves are singing, I realize that this song is a- – it, it could actually be a song that you sing at, like, campgrounds and stuff or, like, on camping trips uh, because – in the song, they sing, um, this is a song meant for anyone, come out and sing, or something like that. And it's like, oh, so is the, was this song made previously and they used it or or what? So I, I find it interesting and might be actually looking into uh, kind of what song it is and if you can turn it into a song that – uh, you can have like a circle of people and just people come in with verses one after the other uh, being like, my name is Doug and I am cool or something like that. Uh, and, and yeah, it was, it was really fun time, really nice time. Uh, you get a bit into people's characters like Bashful. <laughs> uh, Bashful. Uh, he, he's Bashful is kind of funny, but at times it's just like, uh, uh, okay, okay. Um, j- just because, you know, he, he starts, he comes up and he's like, I, uh, <laughs> and, you know, he's bashful, um, which is kind of cute in some ways and kind of funny, but at other times it's kind of just annoying. 
Um, and so we, uh, after the song is over, uh, they all kind of sit down and Snow White tells them of the time when she fell in love with the prince. And uh, this is when he's, she says, like, he, she, he was big and tall and a very handsome man and um, stuff like that. And all the dwarves kind of fall asleep beside her. And it's a really nice moment. Um, and then eventually everybody kind of goes to bed. Uh, and then the next day, everybody gets up, the dwarves leave, uh, Snow White kisses them on the forehead, Dopey almost three times, <laughs> uh, but Dopey, of course, keep, kept on insisting to get kissed, so he went around the house like five different times to try to get kissed again. Um, and uh, Dopey is a really adorable character. Um, I mean, he he is meant to be the comic relief, but at, at times it kind of seems like he's just meh. I I, I don't know. He, he he's a very interesting character, um, but doesn't really hit well with me sometimes. Um, uh, and there there's one thing that I wanted to touch on about the dwarves uh, specifically, and specifically their relationship with Snow White, uh, as you see throughout the movie. So. The, the dwarves, as a whole, kind of act as this manly group. Like, they are a group of little men that act like, well, bigger men. Um, be, because, you know, I, they have white beards. They're probably over 100 years old at this point. Um, so th- they're always, like, huddling together being like, okay, men, uh, we, we've got to show this woman respect. Uh, and be kind to her and stuff like that. Uh, And then Snow White uh, is kind of this innocent young woman uh, who takes care of these dwarves. So there is kind of this mother-child relationship between Snow White and the dwarves, uh, mainly being the one when they have to wash their hands. And Snow Snow White's like... Uh, 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 you must wash your hands. Um, I found it particularly funny when she says, uh, oh, you did wash your hands? When? And Doc is like, uh, uh, recently. (laughs) Oh, recently, did you? Let me see them. And they they all, like, put their hands behind their backs and slowly back away. Like, uh, I mean, they act like children at times. And it's very it's very funny to see that. Um, but, of course, at other times, you kind of see the flop, uh, the, sorry, the roles reversed, uh, where the dwarves try, are trying to take care of Snow White. Um, and it's a very interesting relationship that is, is not neither mother to child nor caretaker to daughter or whatever um, nor is it husband and wife at um, even though it might seem like it uh, another father child relationship is of course Doc and the rest of the dwarves to Dopey uh, Dopey is kind of just this innocent character that kind of acts like a child a lot um, so yeah it was interesting uh and to kind of fast forward through the movie a bit, uh, the dwarves leave. Uh, the 
the queen comes over, tricks Snow White into eating the apple, and she falls dead cold, which, by the way, is uh, is actually a very heart-wrenching scene because throughout the movie, you see Snow White as this smooth and, um, it, it, like, it, even in her animation, it, it's always, like, this smooth motion that she has between her movements. And then when you see her fall, it's just... or. Very quick and precise uh, and sudden. And it's it's very jarring to see it in a good way um, because it's like, oh, she just fell. That probably hurt. Oh, no, she's dead. Um, that kind of thought process. And... Uh, as this is going on, like uh, Snow White's death, the animals catch on to it and say, oh, we need to go get the dwarves in order to sna- save Snow White because we cannot do it because we are only animals? Something. Uh, so they run to go get the dwarves and they get them and the dwarves are like, whoa, what is the, what's the matter? Why are these animals acting like wild animals and pulling at us to try to get us to go somewhere? Uh, and then... At some point, they realize that Snow White is in trouble. I don't know how. It was either that I didn't pay attention for the second that it was mentioned or something, but either way, the dwarves know that they need to go save Snow White because of the queen. So they run to save Snow White. Of course, by the time they get there, Snow White is already dead uh, with the witch outside or the queen. I keep calling her the witch um, outside. And then the queen sees them and starts to run away. Uh, And then this big chase scene happens where they run through the forest while it's raining, which is another trope that I... I'm pretty sure Snow White started where like, oh, no, sad and uh, unfortunate moment of drama, uh, rain starts pouring down. And uh, then the old queen uh, or the queen climbs up a rock mountain and tries to kill all the dwarves by having this boulder uh, getting kind of pushed onto them uh, and and thus killing them. Um, But something that I... Another thing I don't remember happening in this movie and surprised me was that then lightning struck the cliff that she was on, making her fall down to her doom along with the boulder she was trying to use to kill the dwarves, effectively killing her. And to emphasize that she's dead even more so, there has been the there have been these vultures that have been following her ever since this time. Originally, it's implied that they're going for Snow White, but then as she dies or as she falls off the cliff, you see the vultures kind of descend towards her, indicating, okay, yeah, she's definitely dead at this point, um, which is something I didn't expect, like. I was like, wow, they actually killed the villain. Okay, this is interesting because you, you don't see that nowadays very often. Or if you do, it's in it's either very, like, very jarring and almost, like, not right for kids or it's kind of off, off screen or something like that. And although that is kind of what Snow White is, but in a different way. Uh, And then uh, we cut to the scene where Snow White... Actually, before that 
um, we see this sequence of page flips, or not page flips, but text on the screen that kind of describes what happens. Uh, like Snow White is dead, the dwarves built a uh, coffin of glass and gold because she was so beautiful even in death. Um, and then, of course, we all know the story. The prince comes along, kisses her, lives happily ever after. But the way that this is actually done is very interesting to me. Uh, for one, uh, the antidote for the poison apple, uh, as we all know, is true love's kiss. But what's interesting about this is that it is not, quote, true love's kiss. Instead, it is love's first kiss. This is a detail about the movie that I found especially interesting so much that I wrote it down as I heard it that the whole thing about the trope of true love's kiss breaking the curse is not true. Now if this is the case in the movie Sleeping Beauty which was not made for many years to come uh, in Snow White it is called love's first kiss which I personally think should be used more often because when we think of true love's kiss that just means that it is a kiss from your true love and it doesn't have to be your first kiss or whatever like it's a very vague term but love's first kiss is a very specific moment in time in which you and your lover kiss for the first time, indicating that the two of you love each other deeply. It is not just another kiss. It is your first kiss. Anyway, um, so that was an interesting uh, thing that I found. Uh, and uh, But the, the last thing that I'm going to talk about that is interesting about this movie is that after the prince kisses Snow White, it doesn't go from sad, like, oh, she's dead, to, oh, my gosh, she's awake uh, and alive. What in the world? This is a dead corpse alive now, uh, to then happy, like, oh, great, she's alive. No, it, it goes immediately from sad to happy. It goes immediately from, oh, no, she's dead, to she's alive. That's great. That's amazing. And I, I just found it funny that nobody was like wait wasn't she just dead a minute ago like even snow white um like seconds after she is risen from the dead uh is saying goodbye to all of the dwarves in her sweet and cute voice like i'm sorry did you not know that you were just dead a minute ago i i, I mean it, it, it's like 30 seconds after she awakes for the first time, she's not like, <gasps> she, she doesn't gasp. She's not shocked that she's alive again. She's just happy to see the prince and see and then leave the dwarves and live happily ever after. It, it's, it's just kind of a thing about the movie that I, I wish they would have included it a bit, but in the end, they live happily ever after and that's it. Yeah, uh, that, that's kind of just how that movie ends. They, uh, The prince takes her up on his horse, and then they run away into the sunset. And then it ends. Uh, there's not much conclusion for the dwarves other than goodbyes, and although that is nice, it's... it's I mean, it, it just kind of takes you out of the mood because, you know... She goes from dead to alive to leaving in the time of like a minute. And I don't know, maybe there was something about the production, but 
it's whatever. Uh, so yeah, that was Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. Um, this movie is a very interesting movie, and I think it's definitely worth a watch. You definitely should go out, find it somehow, whether it be through... Uh, Netflix or just some Disney service or YouTube or something, go out, find it, watch it. It is definitely worth your time, especially if you know kind of the animation process being like you have to draw every single animation and especially in that day you actually layered multiple animations on top of one another and photographed each and every single one along with the symphony track that has to go along with everything and also accompanied by the sound effects which are sometimes made by the symphony like there's so much that goes into it uh, and I, th- and there are so many things that I wish I could have talked about, like the annoyance of Snow White's voice when she sings sometimes. But that's really all that I want to talk about right now. Um, so, yeah, definitely go and see it. It is a good movie to see. I'm as a review channel. I know that a lot of people say, oh, well, you're going to give it a seven out of ten or something. I don't really like doing that because I don't want to keep track of the 49 to 50 movies that I'm going to have to review eventually and then compare each and every single one to the previous one. So I'm just going to tell you that you definitely should watch it. It is worth the watch. Go and see it. It is not a waste of your time. Um, The only reason why I would say not to watch it is if you don't like old films. Um, This movie thrives upon the fact that it is the first animated feature film. If you were to show this against... um, something like another animated film more recently, like uh, Princess and the Frog, which I will eventually uh, review, then, yeah, Princess and the Frog would blow it out of the water. Um, or even something like, uh, let's see, which what was on here? Treasure Planet. Um, something like that. Blows it out of the water. But because it's the first animated feature film... It, for its time, like Ocarina of uh, Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time for the Nintendo 64, um, it is a spectacle for its time and one of the greatest films of its time, mostly because it was the only one of its time, but also because even afterwards, it had really good films. Um So, yeah, definitely go and see it. And that concludes uh, my first review and introduction into the Strawberry Picks, uh, a review podcast or a movie review podcast. Uh, I apologize for the time going into 50 minutes, uh, but I hope this was not a waste of your time. I hope that whatever you're doing, be it driving, working, whatever, I hope you enjoyed your time listening in. uh, And I hope that you have a good day. Uh, I hope that whatever you do, you do it uh, well and with determination and great success. Uh, and I will see you in the next episode, uh, which where we will be reviewing the classic film. A lot of these are going to be classics, but more importantly, we are going to be uh, talking about the liar beyond all liars, the most famous liar of them all, Pinocchio and his long nose, the movie Pinocchio. Uh, until then, I will see you uh, later. I'm going to need to work on that. Uh, 
Yeah. Okay. See ya.